So I was with somebody for 11 years. And as I was in grad school, going back to school for nutrition, I decided, well, we decided to separate and get divorced. And it was that aha moment of, I can go to the store and pick out whatever comforter I want. And now we all make compromises when we're in relationships. And I really didn't mind making a compromise of color of comforter. But it was that realization of I now took ownership of the choices I had in life versus just being like, well, this is what this person wants to do. So I'm going to go along with it. And it was that realization of looking at the comforters and being like, I can get that purple comforter. That brings me joy of like, I am going to go and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I'm going to be able to conquer it. Hey, I'm Jenny Russell and welcome to the Art of Finding Joy podcast. My guest today is Heather Webster. Heather is a life coach and focuses on the importance of self-connection and how to build a relationship with ourself that is going to withstand any obstacles that come our way. We had a really wonderful talk about relationships, independence, choosing joy, forgiveness, and how to leap into the unknown, trusting that it's all going to be okay, because we have our own relationship with ourselves to fall back on. Heather is just sure of who she is. So I hope that this episode can bring you some inspiration of how to find that joy and that self-connection in your own life. So let's get to it. Hey, Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here and get to talk to you again. You've lived a super interesting life and I would love to hear about what you're doing now and, you know, what brings you joy. And then I'd also like to talk a little bit about how you got to this place. Sure. So right now I'm, I'm really working with women around self-connection and self-confidence and self-love. And a lot of that really plays around with having happiness and joy and really living your purpose. And so there's a long kind of journey that got me there. And I was talking recently to somebody else who is podcasting as well. And she's doing a podcast really on big things that changed your direction in life and kind of like takes the rug out from underneath you. And I was thinking about that more and more and kind of this whole idea around joy and happiness and self-connection. And I was realizing that back when I was young, even when I was a teenager, like in high school, I still incorporated play and joy into my everyday. I definitely had a lot of issues with self-confidence and self-image and all of that, but I still incorporate joy into it. I remember my junior year hanging out with a group of friends and they let me be my authentic self. And I remember like somebody would come in that I was so excited to see that would come be coming down the hallway in high school and I would skip to go see them. But then something happened and I don't know where it happened, whether it was just like society came in or whatever it was where I became more around the fact of like, I just need to feel loved. So I'm going to shape whoever I am based on who I'm with. 
And it's interesting because now as you watch movies and things like that, you can see that happening kind of in the movies until they have this like aha moment of, oh, I get to be me. And I think that's really what happened for me is that I was going through, so I was with somebody for 11 years. And as I was in grad school, going back to school for nutrition, I decided, well, we decided to separate and get divorced. And it was that aha moment of, I can go to the store and pick out whatever comforter I want. And now we all make compromises when we're in relationships. And I really didn't mind making a compromise of color of comforter. But it was that realization of I now took ownership of the choices I had in life versus just being like, well, this is what this person wants to do. So I'm going to go along with it. And it was that realization of looking at the comforters and being like, I can get that purple comforter. That brings me joy. Um, The color purple really brings me happiness in general. And now that I like kind of pull that apart a little bit more, I know how that's kind of connected to chakras and things like that. And so it doesn't surprise me that purple is where I'm drawn to because that's kind of the chakra I'm more drawn to too, like the higher up, um, like third eye and above kind of chakras when we're talking about kind of intuition. And so in that moment, I decided I was just gonna, I don't, like it wasn't a conscious decision. It was very subconscious of like, I am going to go and I'm going to do whatever I want to do and I'm going to be able to conquer it. But I don't remember making that decision, but it felt like all of a sudden I was like, Ooh, I can now drive. I never would have driven into a city. And I lived out in California at that time. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to drive into San Francisco. And did that on a regular basis, visiting friends and things like that. And then as I was getting ready to kind of finish my degree, my graduate degree, I said to somebody, this is like the craziest thing. And this is when it all became more real for me about what the universe has in store for us and how it wants us to be happy and find joy, but also we have to be listening. And so I remember walking in, I was a Um, teacher assistant for a undergraduate course in physiology. And I walked in, it was probably like the end of the semester and I was about to move back um, East and I was going to drive back East with my brother and sister-in-law. And I walked into that class and I was talking to the other TAs and I looked at them and I was like, I need to do something drastic. I don't know what it is, but I need to do something drastic. I still have to write my thesis. So I still have that I need to work on. I wonder what I could do. And she said, you should teach English in South Korea. And I just literally put it away and said, no, I'm not doing that. That's too drastic. And so I drove home with my brother and sister-in-law. We drove back to Rhode Island and I said, okay, it's time for me to look for a job. And once I started looking for a job, I remember typing it in back then it was Craigslist. That is where you look for jobs. And so I typed in educator because I was, before I went back to school for nutrition, I was in early childhood education. So I was surrounded by happiness and joy with kids on a regular basis. The kids have not happiness and joy when they're upset, but 
the first thing that came up when I typed in education was teach English in South Korea. <laughs> I was like, okay, obviously like that was just too clear of a sign, but that's what I was supposed to do. So I saw, I filled out the application within a couple of days. I was hired because I had an education degree. So it was even a more of like a pull for them. And in a couple of months I was flying over to South Korea and spent a year there, started hiking. And that's really kind of the part where I started to see the self-connection come back because I was in a totally different country. Um, like you said about Berlin, luckily most of them speak English there. And, but it's luckily, but also sad because I didn't learn much of the language and it brought me back to hiking. So when I came back, I was just kind of like, I need to hike. I need to be out in the woods. I need to be more connected with the world and, and be outside like I was as a kid. So that's kind of where it brought me to self-connection. And it's interesting because once you have self-connection, you have happiness or once you have happiness, you have self-connection and you can kind of work it in either way, whether you're like reaching for gratitude, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, is there's one thing you can pull out of the day that was amazing. And it might be just the fact that you were able to brush your teeth in the morning, or you were able to put food on the table that day, but that's something to find gratitude in, or you were able to have clean water that day when other things might have felt so heavy. So that's kind of where, how my story and kind of how I got to where I am. So cool. There were so many things I'd like to touch upon, but I, it really struck me how late you were able to keep that youthful play because normally by the time you hit high school, it's gone. You're so concerned about fitting in and saying the right thing and not you know I mean I was never one of the cool kids but at least not like being seen by the cool kids and being shamed you know like and and the fact that you skipped in the in the hallways I mean that's huge and that's amazing and I it reminded me of um I don't know if you've watched it or not but Miranda the tv show Oh, I have not, no. It's English, and I think you would love it. But in it, she... So she's basically a 30-something woman who's um, super tall and never felt like she fit in. And her whole show is about finding joy and bringing joy to other people. And she gallops. And so when you said you were skipping, I was like, oh, it's like Miranda galloping. Um, yes, but- and it's interesting because... When I was in school, like I remember my sixth and well, seventh and eighth grade, right? Like when you're about 13 or 14, I remember this like need to, I wasn't as comfortable in school. And then I kind of became more comfortable, but I think it's because every day when we got home from school growing up, we were outside. And so we didn't really have place, play clothes or school clothes. It was always like, we just had clothes and we would come home and we would play outside. And so I think because I had that touch and the people that we surrounded ourselves with were so in that realm as well. Like you said, I was never the popular kid, um, but I had a group of friends that kind of were 
always evolving and bringing people in and kind of changing. But I do remember there were a lot of issues around kind of friendships and things like that in my seventh and eighth grade, mm-hmm. when you're like, your hormones are crazy, but I was always able to kind of separate that. And it's interesting because I can really separate home from work now too. And so I always felt joy because I could always go climb a tree. I remember when, okay, so I might be aging myself for all your listeners, but I remember when all of a sudden we got, went from corded phones to cordless phones. Mm-hmm. And I was then able to like still chat on the phone because when we had corded phones, it was like you had to stretch the phone as far as you could get any privacy in the house. But when you got a cordless phone, I could actually, there was a tree I could climb that was still in range of the base. <laughs> and so I would talk on my, on the phone with my friends in the tree. And so I think because I had those things that I could incorporate in mm-hmm. all the time, I think that's what helped too, that I was able to hold on to, and because I was working with children still, or like I started working with kids, sixth grade, I was going to the kindergarten classroom and playing with them. And when I was really young, I had a imaginary classroom versus just an imaginary friend. And then as I finished up with kind of like, I started as like a mother's helper when I was nine. And then I started working in a family childcare and then I was babysitting through my whole childhood. So I think because I was around kids during that whole time as well. And the kids in the neighborhood were all kids that I babysat for. So I was around them all the time. They probably also helped me stay in that kind of childlike state when I was outside of school. I think that's one, an incredible work ethic. And two, um, I agree. I think that, you know, the saying that we're the sum of the five people we spend the most time around uh, is absolutely true. And I guess when so much of the connection you're having is with, you know, kids that really just don't care if they look silly because they're pretending to be an airplane that day, you know, I think that gives you a lot more license to shed those cares. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be in the moment, right? Because they're in the moment. Yeah. And so that helped. Yeah. Cause I think I babysat pretty much every, I babysat almost every day, if not, well, maybe not every day, but close to it, um, after school as a way to kind of make some money, especially as I was getting closer to college and I need to save up for books and things like that. And then I went to school for early childhood education. So I was still around kids. Um, and it's not to say my life was like, not, like there were definitely challenges, especially around self-image and self-confidence. Um, and there was always this need to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And so I was always with somebody and I always kind of shaped myself a little bit based on who they were. But I actually remember that shift of like, oh, wait, I'm not skipping it or feeling as happy all the time and playful as I was since this like kind of moment I would say probably like my senior year when you're like you're going off to college right and it's like the expectations are you're more almost serious and yeah moving away from home and it's uh I think it's really cool that you found something so early on that brought you a lot of joy 
but I guess as you moved into going to college and you know everything around you changed and obviously at college there's not kids around did that have an impact on how you were able to feel joyful and fulfilled in your everyday life or did you find other things to focus on instead yeah so that's interesting because I went to school for early childhood education so our first okay so you never left children (laughs) we were with kids but it was interesting because my it was my second grade I declared I was going to be a teacher and I was going to be a kindergarten teacher and so I declared that not knowing there was a whole realm of early childhood even before that So I declared that in second grade. And so there was always this expectation of that's what I was going to do. And I made that expectation more like, oh, this is what I have to do now. And so I did go back, go to school for that. And I liked it at first, but my senior year, I I remember standing there thinking, I don't know if this is actually what I want to do for the rest of my life. And now it has definitely been a benefit. I've I've been able to do so much and learn so much and really kind of climb up the ladder to where I got to be as an educator and then a director of a school and then um, teaching teachers. And, but it was very interesting because I remember standing there being like, well, it's my senior year. I've already made it this far. Let's just finish the last semester Mm -hmm. and thinking, is this really what I want to do? So then how did you, did your, ex-husband also work in childcare. Is that how you two met? Well, that's an interesting story. So we actually met, he was the RD at the school. What's an RD? Oh, sorry. Resident director. Okay. And I was becoming an RA, which is a resident assistant. I think that's what it's called. Um, And so I worked as a college student, I could work on in the dorm to help support all the women in the dorm and kind of be kind of like the house mother, I guess. Um, but it's not the house mother. The, and the RD would probably be closer to the house mother. We were probably like the house sisters or something, right? Of like the people that support everybody on that floor. And then he was an RD in a different dorm. And so he overlooked the whole dorm, making sure that everybody was safe and comfortable and things were good. Um, and so we met through that and he was leaving the college as I was becoming an RA. And so as we started dating, he was leaving. Um, so he didn't go to school there. He worked there. And so that's kind of how we met. And he worked in management. At that point, he worked in management at a movie theater, which was great for the summers when I was like, oh, I can go to the movies every day. <laughs> and, and honestly, we learned a lot from each other and we had a great 11 years. And then we kind of split ways with equal like, let's just kind of move on kind of there was no everybody this this is kind of different for a lot of people um everybody I've dated pretty much I've stayed friendly with um I've never kind of left a relationship in a negative way nobody's ever really hurt me to the degree where it's like oh you hurt me so I'm I can't be friends with you it's more of just we've left and maybe we are still like more acquaintances and other times, like I'm still friends with them um, and talk regularly with them. And it just, my whole take on it is if you love somebody and they cared about you and loved you, you don't need to like, I no longer want to have anything to do with you. 
And a lot of times, sometimes I think when people break, there's some sadness and some anger towards that person, but that anger is out of love. You don't, you can't have that much anger for somebody if you don't love them because they disappointed you. In, in our world, some people are hating people that they just don't even know. But typically true hatred is like you love them and they disappointed you and they hurt you, but they can only hurt you if you love them and you care about them. Because if you don't care, then that emotion wouldn't be there. If you feel connected, right? We all have emotions and we all have control over our emotions. So we can control whether we're happy or sad or whether we're angry, unless as we were talking, sometimes we pick up on other people's energies. But then we can control if we block that as we learn those techniques. And so I think a lot of it is I really choose happiness towards the people and, and caring for the people that I was with because I wouldn't have been with them if I didn't love them and care about them. And you can't just shut that off unless there's like pain that some make it provide you, right? So none of the people I was with were ever in a point of where like they caused me pain. So like they've never caused me pain where they hurt me in a way that was abusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do agree that, you know, you love them for a reason and you're angry at them for a reason. I also think that sometimes it's necessary to cut ties from a person, you know, whether that is because they hurt you and you just need space and maybe at some point you'll be able to come back around or whether that's because they're not safe and you need a break. I think it's so individual. Yeah, especially if it's not mutual. Right? Like all my relationships it was very much of a mutual thing that we're both and every single one of my relationships too, where we've come back, we had to come back. Mm -hmm. We both kind of gave ourselves, gave each other space to say, we need a, we need a break. Mm -hmm. And then we choose kind of what that relationship might look like in the future. And it might just be like, oh, I saw you on Facebook. Hey, how's it going? Or it might be, oh, you know, let's get together and hike with you and your, your now wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like each one, like you said, is individual. I agree with that. In order to fully heal from whatever happened in the relationship, there has to be forgiveness, like both from yourself and for the other person. And sometimes, especially if you've been hurt, that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people don't get there and that's also okay. Mm -hmm. But to be able to let that go and to really leave the relationship in the past and walk into a new relationship without all this extra baggage and this fear of being hurt to the point that you stop yourself from going anywhere, you have to forgive that person for your own benefit. It's not for them. And you know, you don't even have to tell them you forgive them because sometimes starting a conversation is also not the right thing to do again. But I, I haven't found another way that you can fully move on. Yes. And maybe there is, I just don't know it, but that always seems to be the really hard thing and the really important thing to do. Yes. And I think it's so hard when you tell somebody, I I have a couple of clients that 
are working on this a little bit. And it's so hard when I first say to them, like, you need to forgive that person. But like you said, don't tell them, but you need to forgive them because you being upset with them doesn't impact them. It only impacts your own health. But you need to forgive them for maybe not the pain that they caused you, but whatever that is, that's kind of still there. And you need to forgive yourself for letting that stay in there. Like forget. And one of the interesting things that kind of came up when you were talking was I had a lot of time after my divorce where I had, and this is where a lot of my work stemmed from is I had a lot of feelings of, of, of being a failure of how could I not make this marriage work? And then it started bringing up all things that I was like, oh yeah, like I didn't finish that or I didn't finish that or, oh wait, I didn't finish that or, oh, I messed up on this thing, right? And so those pieces can kind of bring forward more and more self-confidence, like lack of self-confidence. And I think relationships are so heavy, especially because you have so many people kind of coming at you. Why did your relationship not work? Oh, you should, you made a promise and blah, 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 blah. Like all these things that just puts that on top of you and like also being able to forgive yourself of that and saying also rewording it of like no I'm not a failure look at all the things I've succeeded at that was something that we worked really hard on and we both were successful in the way that we split Mm -hmm. versus I failed and couldn't keep that thing that wasn't going to work anyway together Mm -hmm. Um, we were successful and split in such an easy way That was great for both of us and being able to reframe that I think is so key yeah completely someone once said to me um Jenny you have to let go of this anger and let go of this resentment because staying angry at them is like putting your own hand in the fire and expecting them to get burnt Mm -hmm. and it's so so true yeah like mm-hmm. the only person that was hurting was me right and it it feels completely unnatural too because I think like you focused on feeling like a failure we we replayed the situation over and over every minute thing if I'd said this word differently or if I'd done that and it's like sometimes we just have to go okay it's over yeah it doesn't matter we can choose if it is a pleasant situation for the future, but it doesn't matter what happened in the past because it's done. Right. And there's a thing, there's this whole balance of positive reflection versus like just dwelling, Mm -hmm. right? Like I know whenever I leave a situation, I'm always like, oh, did I say that correctly? Or, oh, maybe I should have said this or, oh, maybe I could have said that. Or like when you all of a sudden think of like the best comeback for a joke and, but it's like (laughs) three hours later, oh, I should have said it like this way. And so I've kind of been like spinning that of what's positive reflection. Like what can benefit me of like, oh, I could have said it this way. Okay. Well, that could be positive if it's like, okay, the next time I'm going to kind of think about what's the best words I want to use, but it also could be, am I beating myself up Mm -hmm. and that balance. So what was the moment that you said that it was very subconscious, this change? And I completely relate to that because it, it feels like a light switch gone off, but you have no idea how or when 
you're like, oh, that's so obvious. Why didn't I know that a year ago? But you don't. It's just, a, if obviously it's not an overnight thing, but it feels like one. Right. And I'm wondering what that moment was for you that you went, even if I'm okay and happy-ish in this marriage, I could be happier somewhere else and I need to follow that. Yeah, that's interesting because I don't know if there was really a moment. It was kind of like, eh, we're just friends. Like it literally was like that. But there was a moment when I realized I was so unself-connected and so unhealthy and I was going down a really bad route, which is when this all this all stuff came for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could speak to that. Because the, the divorce thing was just kind of like, we just looked at each other over like the like the last three or four months of the marriage. And we're just kind of like, kind of like friends. And so it kind of just fizzled on its own. So there wasn't really a moment. I mean, yeah, but let me tell like, so then fast forward, I came home from Korea. I fostered two boys for a little, for a year in Rhode Island. I worked in Rhode Island for a while. So I came home from Korea and then nine years later, 2019, I moved to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to New Hampshire, I was living in, I was renting a house up here and talk about manifestation. It was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to move to New Hampshire. I gave my job two months notice and said, this is why I'm moving to New Hampshire. I don't have a job. I don't have a place to line up. I was just like, it's all going to fall into place. And it did like a job came probably like a week before I was going to move because and a place appeared probably about a month before I moved or whatever. But I always had a, like a, oh, worst comes to worst. I go live with my mom for a little bit. Right. So there was like, I could fall back, but I was in New Hampshire. And I remember it was kind of like, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm exhausted all the time. Like I couldn't make it home from my job. I worked about 45 minutes from home and I was just so tired. I didn't want to do anything. I, I, I didn't care if I hung out with people. I didn't care if I went for walks. I didn't care if I went for hikes. And I was like, I wonder if this is what depression feels like. And I was just down. It just, but it wasn't like, I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't like, I just kind of was there Mm -hmm. and I was like, what's going on with me? And I started kind of processing it through. And I went to the doctors and I said, I need you to check my AD. No, not a D B 12 and iron. And I also like, I'd gained a lot of weight and I was like, I'm failing at everything. Maybe this wasn't what I was supposed to do. Like there was just so much kind of happening in my head. And I was like, something needs to change. And so I kind of started pushing myself to go out more and kind of really working. Of course, then COVID hit later, but, um, but that's when I started diving into this world of like the alternative type things, right. Of getting outside of nature again and doing that, really looking at my internal kind of language, what I was saying to myself, I started doing mirror work where I would talk to myself in the mirror. I started researching a little more about shamanism just to learn about that. I started like getting crystals and Oracle cards, but it was like that turning point where I was like, it's time for me to take control because I should never feel this exhausted. Nobody should ever feel this exhausted. And once I started to kind of reconnect, it all came through and I was able to kind of like, okay, where do I want to live next? Even the place I lived, it was like, 
an A-frame house. And so those don't get a lot of light. So it was dark in there because it was all wood too. So there's a darkness. And so I started doing more like vision boards and things that I want to do. I went back to school and got my health coaching degree. So I started doing all these things that were all about just supporting me and my own self-connection. Cause I knew I was like, at that point, I was like, there was no way I was going to be able to give to anybody else if I didn't take care of me first. So that's kind of how I got to where I am now with that piece of, that was like the aha moment of like, I am literally stopping. I was actually even stopping at the store on every trip too, because I was like, if I buy something to eat, it'll help keep me awake. Mm -hmm. And that thing I was buying was like potato chips, right? Nothing healthy. And here I was with a nutrition degree, knowing I shouldn't be eating this every day, but it was what was going to keep me awake for the ride. But knowing what's good for you and doing what's good for you are two very different things. When you're in, especially when you're in that moment. Well, I think because if you don't have a strong self-connection, yeah. you don't have the desire to want to help yourself. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's really this thing of like, oh, well, I don't want to have to do the work. I just want it to be better. Right. And I yeah. used to struggle with this so much. And I think for me, it came from a place of ultimately feeling like I didn't deserve to feel better. Right. I wasn't ready to feel happy because that was new. I don't remember a time where I felt this pure joy. And if I just stayed where I was, even though I was super unhappy and super unhealthy and super lost, there was comfort in my misery and to change that would upset the balance of things. And that was too scary. Yes. Well, and it's, it's right. What your body knows it's the habits your body knows too. Right. And it's like you said, one of the things, one of my clients said me, said to me the other day, actually, she's like, but I get in a happy moment. And then I'm like, wait, I don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. And so we've been talking a lot about that in my work with her, but that's why when I do the work with my clients, it's very much of, we're not just talking about nutrition. We're not just talking about like movement. We're not just talking about being outside and connecting to nature. We're literally, everything is connected. So we're talking about it all. So it's like, when we, when I talk to them, it's like, okay, let's look at every aspect. Let's look, look at intuition. But let's look at like, how does the food you're eating support self-connection? How does gratitude impact whether you move more or you eat healthier? Because as you find gratitude for things or, or let's look at how does that, what you're taking in feel like in your body or how does what you're doing today impact what you're going to do tomorrow? And how does it, how can you make goals that align with that and all those different pieces, how does meditation work in? And so, yeah, right when you start making those little connections, um, you make this one change and it starts the pattern, right? Yeah. Of like, oh, you make that change. Now I need to make this change and this change and this change. And I recently yeah. did a live video on Instagram talking about that. Like so many times people are like, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to start moving. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to journal. I'm going to do all these things tomorrow. And then if one thing falls, typically they all fall, but yet we don't fall off the wagon with brushing our teeth typically. 
because that was a habit we learned on its own. What does that look like if we could learn each habit on its own and baby stepped it in? I thought that it was very black and white, that either I was sad or either I was happy. Yeah. And what I had to realize was that choosing joy and having joy doesn't mean that you're happy all the time. It means that you're willing to feel everything and feel sadness and anger because those are healthy things that we should feel and then let go of. But when you can feel everything and then focus on the good, that is what having joy is about. And it took me a long time to, I'm going to use the word bravery. Maybe it's not the right word, but to be brave enough to hold all emotions in my hands and not be afraid of any of them. And still, even if I was upset, choose the joy. Yes. Yeah. It's so powerful. That's also the self-connection that you have enough self-trust that you know you'll be able to figure it out. Yes. And I and I think that's exactly what happened when you moved to New Hampshire because it was like, I don't know what'll happen. It'll just, it will just work itself out. And yeah, I've done a very similar thing. And yes. people look at you like you're mad. And I think sometimes you have to work out whether you're running away from something or you're running to something. Mm-hmm. But when you know that you're running towards something because you don't know what it is, but you just know you have to go. I think that's really when everything falls into place. Yeah. And you can only do that if you feel somewhat of a connection to where you're going, right? It's like, I knew there was no question that I needed to go. And I had done a little bit of work on that, but not a lot. It was just more of like, well, what's the worst that can happen if I go? What's the best that could happen if I go? And I also knew that where I was, wasn't where I was supposed to be. Going to New Hampshire and starting that process really did help kind of create the space for me for this self-discovery and to be who I am now. That's amazing. So cool. So tell us about your podcast and what's next for you. Sure. So my podcast is the Save by Mother Earth podcast. It releases every Monday. And so feel free to tune in. You can find it on any of the typical platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google. Um, You can also find it on my website, Heather Webster Wellness. Um, What I'm kind of releasing right now and will be kind of, it will be releasing in January and February, kind of around that time as well. It will be just as the months go on is a membership. So it's a monthly membership where it's all about radical self-connection where every month I'll come on with a content call and also a, like what, what I'm calling a hot seat call, but it's really a call where people can come on and I'll help coach them through what they're processing at that moment. And then a frequent, then it, um, Q and a session. So there's three sessions within the month where I'll come on live and then kind of drop in other like resources and we'll have a Facebook group. So that's, uh, it's only $29. So it's less than a dollar a day and it's going to be phenomenal where we really touch on so many key pieces. So that's really kind of what I'm working on. And I do have a Oracle card reading group as well that you can join, but really the membership, I think is where people that are really 
at that beginning or middle stages of self-connection can really benefit. I also have Instagram, everything's Heather Webster wellness, which is pretty helpful, but that's what my Instagram is as well. And yeah. And Facebook, I use pretty regularly as well that you can find me there as well through the same Heather Webster wellness. Amazing. Well, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for coming on and being so open and authentic. It's always lovely to talk to you and feel how genuine you are. Um, Thank you. You too. It's been fabulous. Take care and um, I'll catch up with you later. Sounds good. Our relationship with ourself is the most important relationship we'll ever have in this life. And I know it's easy when we listen to people that have come through the other side to think that it was simple and an obvious path for them to follow, but that's not the case. It's always got its own obstacles and they're always individual to the person. And I just wanted to emphasize that we can all get there, but we have to do it in our own time and in our own way. And it's not a race, but we can find on our way to this great self-connection like Heather has the little things that bring us joy and the little things that make us happy. And the more that we work towards it, the more we get out of it, the more fulfilling and purposeful it is. And I just want to encourage you to keep going because it's just so magical once we can have a relationship with ourselves that we can rely on. I encourage you to think of one thing you can do this week to help build that self-connection in your own life. And let me know how you get on. You can reach me on Instagram at underscore Jenny Russell. And make sure that you are subscribed to the show and you leave us a review because these things really help us to grow the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here and I'll see you next week.